Hello, friends. This is Dr. Bruce Becker from Time of Grace Ministry, and I am here today with Pastor Mike Novotny, our lead speaker on television. And we want to talk today about uh, the television series that's currently airing and will continue to air through the first week of November. Pastor Mike, you're right now in the middle of this uh, seven-part message series called The Power of And, A-N-D. A couple of your messages have already uh, been broadcast. You know, the first one, uh, Me and God, uh, you told a story about a guy by the name of Tom and his interaction with uh, Mabel, uh, an 89-year-old lady. Could you, could you just tell that story again? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. Uh, I'm a book reader like you, and I actually came across this in a book and had my highlighter out, and I said, I, I need to tell someone this when the time came. So this uh, sermon was the time to share it. Yeah, so Mabel's 89. Uh, Tom visits her in a nursing home where she's been for 25 years. And Tom instantly notices that Mabel has a, a pretty miserable life. Uh, massive hearing aid, she can barely hear, running sores on her face, um, doesn't have any family members or friends to visit her. Um, just like no physical escape from where she's in. She just sits in a wheelchair and sits in the nursing home all day. And so Tom gets to know her and he asks her the question, Mabel, when you're sitting here in your wheelchair day after day after day, what do you think about and Mabel responds, I think about Jesus. No, I got the quote wrong. She said, I think about my Jesus. And she had this great quote. She said, some people around here think I'm old-fashioned, but I'm pretty satisfied with my life. I think about Jesus, and that's how I like it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so from this worldly perspective, you'd feel so bad for this woman. And yet she had a greater level of satisfaction because she fixed her thoughts on this unfailing source of love. So that story just grabbed my attention from the start. That is a great story. You know, there was something in your second uh, message uh, entitled Spiritual and Religious that uh, really caught my attention <laughs> uh, because you were talking about what you called a classic male behavior of putting a period where God prefers a comma. Mm. So just expound on that a little bit. What do you mean by that? Am I, am I going to get in trouble with our male friends who are listening <laughs> to this podcast? Yeah, so the, the power of and, the series is about half-truths. Like Sometimes we say something that's true, but it's not the whole truth. And so just like way back in the Garden of Eden, a half-truth is a lie that Satan can use. So he, he loves to rob us of growth and faith and connection to Jesus and other people by just getting us to stop the sentence too early. So that's the period instead of the comma. And uh, when I had the male behavior line, I was thinking about all the guys I know um, who don't come to church, but you talk to them and they say they believe in God. And I've heard this line a thousand times. I bet you have too. Um, you know, Pastor, I worship God when I'm out in the woods and when I'm on my boat fishing. And I want to say, and, <laughs> like, yeah, amen to that. That's, that's absolutely true. At Time of Grace, we love to talk about this moments, little glimpses of God in nature. So I, in no way do I want to deny the power of seeing the glory of God when you're on a boat or in the mountains or in the woods. And I want to find all those Bible passages that say, the birds don't preach the gospel to you. And you can shoot a deer, but it's not going to tell you about the resurrection of Jesus. And the water is calm and peaceful, but it will never assure you of the forgiveness of your sins. 
And what about gathering together? And what about encouraging fellow Christians and not just you? And what about living under spiritual authority? There's all these passages. But, it, you know, sometimes guys I think so we can be selfish and be in control. Uh, we sometimes end the sentence way before God does. And we end up with a, a mediocre faith that's barely hanging on. Oh, that's a great insight. I really appreciate that one. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the series. And uh, uh, maybe... I can just go through the remaining weeks and I'll tell you the title and then just kind of just give a short summary about what the contrast, the, the, the and is is all about. Yeah, I love you. Can I can I actually set it up with something real quick? Sure, sure. Yeah, so the, the power of and, um, people might notice, is actually me teaching through the entire New Testament book of Titus. So, you know, I see that in the titles, but we're just going all 46 verses of this little letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a first century pastor. Um, I think this is the only book of the Bible that I've ever preached through twice. So the first time I did it was maybe eight years ago. I was in Madison, Wisconsin as a pastor. Um, we called it Good Doctrine, Good Deeds. So it was our way of saying and. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have yep. a good doctrine and make sure you love people. Or you might be very loving and let's make sure you agree with Jesus. And what I remember about that is our church had this challenge where uh, we challenge people to memorize the entire book of Titus. Um, you could pick a couple passages if you wanted, but we wanted people to step up, memorize the whole thing. And if you memorize the passage, you yourself had to donate, uh, I think it was like a dollar, to the homeless in our community. So at the end of the series, all these people have been memorizing good doctrine, and we were trying to do this good deed. Um, and I remember I, at the end of it, we took this offering down to the homeless shelter, and I met, I think it was the director there, and he was kind of asking, you know, what, what, what the gift came from. And I told him, hey, we're, we're trying to talk about faith in God and the way that we live our lives and which one is more important. And I remember he just bluntly says, well, I know which one's more important, doing good things. And I wanted to say, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and oh my goodness, I'm so glad there's a Jesus and good doctrine that saves me when I don't do enough good things. And we need hope for more than this life. So that's kind of where the inspiration, where my love for this book came from. So yeah, we've preached two messages. Now I'm done with my interruption. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's you're, all right. You're talking well, about the well, messages the to come. One, uh, the third one is entitled Confront and Comfort. Mm. Seems kind of um, some opposites there. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So Paul tells Titus, encourage people with sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So Paul was very much about some beliefs are good and some are bad. Some teaching should be praised and some should be prevented. Um, He's pretty blunt in Titus chapter 1. He said, Cretans are liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. They must be silenced. That doesn't sound very politically correct. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. And, (laughs) right, so, so maybe that's something our culture needs to hear, that some beliefs are actually dangerous. And we kind of love to be accepting and non-judgmental, but the New Testament and Jesus himself was nothing like that. He said that some, some teachings will bring you closer to God and some will pull, pull you further away. And so you have to have both. You have to have the power of and. The next one is uh, titled, Our Good and His Glory. What's that about? Oh, I think that's the most practical part of Titus 2. Um, Paul goes demographic by demographic. Like if you're an older woman, he speaks directly to you. If you're a younger woman, he speaks directly to you. If you're an older guy, he speaks directly to you. And if you're a younger guy, he speaks directly to you. So it's one of the really few places in the New Testament where it's like, 
you can find yourself and here's exactly what the Holy Spirit wants you to hear. Um, <laughs> the section always cracks me up because there's like this theme of being self-controlled. Um, so a little preview, Paul says, you know, I encourage older men to be self-controlled and worthy of respect. And I encourage older women to be self-controlled and not give in to too much wine so they can teach younger women to be self-controlled and this and this and this. And then he gets to the younger guys and Paul essentially says, and I encourage young men to be self-controlled. <laughs> Period. <laughs> like, like young guys. I heard a pastor once say, young guys, they got a tank full of gas, but they don't got a map. <laughs> like they're ready to do something big, but they just don't have the wisdom and direction to know where to go just yet. So, I, yeah, I think it's incredibly practical. It was really good for our church to hear those messages. So I hope they're a blessing to everyone else, too. So would I fit in through the older guy category uh, and you well, into the younger guy compared, category? <laughs> compared to Abraham, you and I are both oh, very okay. young. All so right. All that's right. how I like to see it. <laughs> uh, the next message in the series is, I don't see an and in this one. God's greatest motivation. Yeah. So this is a message about change. Um, all of us have stuff in our spiritual life we would love to change. You know, we know we shouldn't do this. We know we should do more of that. And so there's the truth of that, like what's right and what's wrong. And the question is, what will motivate you to do it? So I don't think um, anyone out there is going to be shocked that we should probably eat like this and sleep this many hours and forgive our enemies and honor our parents. And, you know, it, no one's going to be shocked. Like, what? I'm supposed to love people? <laughs> 2,000 calories? I've never heard of that before. So motivation is just this huge issue. When you're faced with a temptation, what will motivate you to say, no, no thanks. I'm going to honor God. And uh, we find out it's really beautiful. It's not life will be easier, but the greatest motivation is the love that God first showed to us. So I think Paul says, God's grace teaches us to live self-controlled lives. So it kind of connects back mm -hmm. with all those demographics. Sure. Hey, older men, younger guys, women, whatever your age, you need to be self-controlled. And it's God's incredible love for you that empowers you to do it. Great. The sixth uh, one is entitled Read and Understand. Ooh, I think I know where this one's going, but but you tell us. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> this is maybe the snarky part of my personality, but sometimes after I pray like a, like a classic prayer with my kids, I'll ask them, and what did that mean? So, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. We sometimes pray before dinner. And let these gifts to us be blessed. Like, We'll say amen. I'll say, girls, what does that mean? Let these gifts to us be blessed. And the response is? Uh, the oh, they, kind of, they kind of stare at me or start eating their spaghetti or say, Dad, this isn't church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, man, I think for so many of us, that's true. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And do, do you understand what that means? What, what you're even praying for? What's hallowed mean? What's God's name? And how you how do you hallow it? Um <laughs> So the, the Bible is insanely powerful if you get it. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 13 that when God's word is sown, it's like this seed. And if you don't understand it, the devil's like this bird that snatches up the seed before it does anything. So if you go to church or you listen to a worship song, you know, you can have an emotional experience. But if you don't understand the lyrics of what's being said, it doesn't do you much good. So it's actually, I, I think, one of the best parts of the book of Titus because Paul uses words like saved, justified, mercy, eternal life, hope, heirs. Like there's, there's more good news and gospel in that paragraph. I had to memorize it when I was in seventh grade. 
and these aren't words that we use all the time. Are you justified today, Bruce? Are you? Uh, <laughs> how's your eternal life? <laughs> you know, so we just want to slow down to really understand it so we can truly enjoy it. The last one that's going to air the first week in uh, November is called Unite and Divide. Mm. Talk about a contrast there. Yeah. Um, so here's a snippet from the book of Titus. Warn them once, warn them twice, and then have nothing to do with them. So Paul says there are certain kinds of people, he calls them divisive people, who are not going to humble themselves, they're not going to listen to the word. And you might think the loving Christian thing to do is just, you know, accept everyone. But Paul knows that teaching has consequences and that people bring influence. And so he, he really wants to guard the churches that Pastor Titus is leading so that they're healthy places where truth and grace have the last word. So this kind of teaches us how, how do we know in our own lives and in our spiritual communities, who do we open our arms to and who do we have to give the boot to? Like, I'm sorry, but with that attitude, you're, you're not healthy for our church. So it's... Mm. Uh, if that isn't enough to get you to yeah. read the little book of Titus, that, that's all I got. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Pastor Mike, for the insight into this series that's going on right now. Our listeners uh, can watch or listen to the entire series uh, or even read the transcripts uh, over the coming weeks by coming to our website at timeofgrace.org. Uh, you know, the year 2020 has been unlike any that I've ever experienced in my life. And, and and frankly, I've been around the calendar many more times than you have. <laughs> uh, in, in October, Time of Grace is going to be offering a book that you uh, wrote entitled No Fear Year. I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, this past year and the fears that have just come so easily, and and what do, what do we as Christians do about it for ourselves and to encourage others? Just some thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, when I think of the word fear, I think of a connection to the word uncertain. So the reason you and I get afraid of things is because whatever the thing is, isn't certain. So you go to the doctor and they notice something. You're afraid because the results aren't, aren't certain. Do you have cancer or don't you? Um, you're trying to raise good kids or, or grandkids, but you don't know what choices they're going to make or if they're going to stay close to Jesus or walk away. And so it's uncertain and so we're afraid. Um, you're trying to plan a wedding and it's, <laughs> it's a corona year, so you don't know what will the mandate be and what will be safe and who can, you know, all the uncertainties of life are what make us afraid. And if I'd say there's one thing I'm grateful for in 2020 is that it has just forced every Christian to either totally plunge into the deep end of fear or turn their thoughts and their hearts and their souls to the one thing that is not uncertain, which is God. Um, that he is this rock, this refuge, this safe hiding place that the Psalms always talk about. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, I think it is, Paul says, we don't lose hope because we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. He says what is seen is temporary, it's uncertain, but what is unseen is, it's eternal. Um, so that's what I think of, of this year. It's just the school year is uncertain for my kids. Can I come into the office? Can I work? Are they going to have sports? Are they not? What's going to happen with the election? Are we ever going to solve the problems in our country? Like all of these are question marks. And I think that's why people are just getting overwhelmed by this tidal wave of fear. 
And it is just forcing us like David did in the Psalms. You got to have something besides the uncertain. You got to have God if you're going to have any peace. So that's what No Fear Year is all about. Well, our listeners can get a copy of this book uh, also by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. You know, one of the segments that we do each month here is uh, I ask you, Pastor Mike, if you've got any stories to share uh, of people that have been blessed by God through the ministry of Time of Grace over the over the last uh, you know three four weeks. Mm. Do you have any? I do. <laughs> how much how much time you got, Bruce? Oh, I got, we, got, we got lots of time. We got lots oh, of time. Oh, n- never tell me that. I'll <laughs> um, actually yesterday. Uh, less than 24 hours ago, what an amazing story. I'm sitting at, at a coffee shop with an 18-year-old, and uh, he wants to be baptized. And uh, the short version of the story is uh, he moved here to Wisconsin um, to be with some family. His family told him, hey, if you're going to be in our home, you're going to come to church with us. And what he decided was, okay, I'll come to church, but you didn't tell me what room I have to be in. So while the family gathered in the sanctuary for church, he would sit in the lobby, put on his earbuds, and watch YouTube videos. Yeah, he didn't have any religion, any Jesus in his life, wanted nothing to do with it. He tells me that one day, he pulls out his earbud, and the message is you know, coming through the speakers in the lobby, and he starts listening. And a couple weeks go by, and he's really into technology, so he tries to, he goes up kind of by the Time of Grace crew and our tech team, and he's kind of intrigued by how the fancy technology works. And then after a couple weeks, he comes and he sits down in the sanctuary, actually sits down in the front row, and he's just glued in while I'm talking about Jesus. And now, God willing, in a couple of weeks, he's not going to be in the front row. He's going to be standing next to me on stage, being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, that's Ugh, great. It, it is just awesome. And so I asked him, obviously, um, I asked him two questions yesterday. Who's Jesus and what is baptism? And uh, I think you'll appreciate this. I said, who's Jesus? He says, Jesus is like the ideal person we should all try to be like. He was kind. He was humble. He was beautiful. He was loving. And? And (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to be patient, Mike. And right before I I say, you know, and there's the stuff about the cross and forgiveness. Well, this guy pauses. He says, and he's God. And he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And he's like oh, wow. preaching the gospel to me, like how I would say it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And uh, it, get this. Here's this 18-year-old. And he says, oh, Pastor Mike, I kind of think of it. Do you remember in the Old Testament where they would bring these blameless lambs and they didn't do anything wrong, but they would die because the people messed up? That's like what Jesus is. He's the perfect lamb. He's blameless and he never did anything wrong, but he died on the cross so we wouldn't have to die. <laughs> wow, he must have really been paying attention. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I'll end the story soon, but I said, oh, that is, yes, exactly. I had nothing to add to his comment. I said, so what do you think baptism is? And he says, baptism is one of the three ways that we connect with the grace of Jesus. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, like you, you have been listening so, so well. So uh, I was just praising God and smiling on the whole ride home to think, man, that here's an 18 year old that you assume wants nothing to do with this. He's, he's being dragged around. How long is this going to last? And the Holy Spirit just does what we can't and uh, changed his heart. So, man, I'm, uh, I'm riding that wave and I can't wait for the day to baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Well, thanks, Pastor Mike, for all of your uh, insight and thoughts today. We'll see you next month. Absolutely. Yeah, and to everyone out there, uh, 
Dr. Becker and I are so grateful for your attention. Um, I know you're busy, so wherever you're at right now, at home, uh, taking a run at the gym, driving in the car, uh, we'd love for more and more people to find out about Time of Grace uh, because we love people hearing about grace. So if you can share this podcast with a friend, if you have any comments, questions for us, make sure you send them our way. Uh, we'd love to connect with more people because connecting people to Jesus is what we do. Oh, one more quick thing. Uh, we here at Time of Grace actually have a bunch of podcasts to bless you in your spiritual life. Uh, Dr. Bruce Becker just launched a new podcast called Bible Threads. Uh, he's exploring right now the grand ands of the Bible. Uh, I'm super intrigued by it, so I hope you can check that out. And our friend Alb, uh, Amber Albie Swenson, I almost messed up your name out there, Amber. Uh, she has a great podcast called Little Things that I've actually been listening to for years. Uh, she's a faithful woman of God with a lot of great insights and a passion to teach people. So wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you check out Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker and Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.